0: mic check one two one two mic check one two one two taste to consider podcast i'm back let's go pre-gaming i'm not too lit too fast this time (laughs) i hope you all smiling that you get to listen to a new episode of a taste store podcast I'm smiling because I'm back. Let's go. Say sickness to the podcast. Let's go. I'm back for another episode. Let's get it together. Let me turn everything off. Got the mic, the good mic, got the good mic charged up this episode. Let's go. Taste to Consider Podcast. It's the Taste to Consider Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver, and we back for another episode. Back for another episode. December 12th, 1212. 12. Another episode for you We got, what, like Two weeks before Christmas I ain't started shopping yet It's 9.35pm right now Down in the boom boom room Rip's boom boom room Yes, it's your boy Rip I'm excited to be back Yeah, I'm feeling good Shoot, um, I was supposed to record Friday. I was tired. I woke up, um, today. I was like, damn, I don't, I'm not feeling it. I had me a little party session, um, down here in the boom boom room by myself last night. I was, you know, uh, watching some uh, some videos on YouTube. I'm probably still the only person who watches videos. Because everybody that I talk to, they be like, video? I ain't know it was a video for this song. Yeah, I'm probably the still only person out here that watches videos. I was watching videos last night down in the boom boom room, partying by myself. Had the R&B going, because that's what I normally listen to. Majority of everything. Damn, that's Burt 1, 2, and 3 already. We two minutes in. Dang, that's four Burp four We three minutes in Four burps already That's how you know This show about to be good Right now I'm uh, smoking A Perdermo Lot 23 cigar The cigar I was supposed to be smoking Last show that I didn't spark up But I'm sparking it up this show In my glass, I got some Henny, that good old Henny. So nice and smooth. You know, people always be going on Henny, which is interesting because I always, shoot, from the time that I came up, like, the first drink I had was Hennessy. And if you don't know, it's because I'm a Pac fan, so... I had to have Hennessy as my first drink ever and But it's like over the past two years you've just been hearing nothing but bad stuff about Henny Shoot, Henny will always be a favorite of mine's Always be at the top of the list Yeah, you got the smoke, you got the drink Um, uh, man I got a, a, lot to stuff, a lot of stuff to talk about And I'm not sure if I'm gonna get through everything because the fight come on at 10 and I'm trying to watch the fight tonight um, Speaking of fights, let's start with the Tyson Roy Jones fight Because I I ain't get to talk about that And yeah, I know I'm like what, two weeks late <laughs> to talk about it But man, that Jones still hilarious to this day Not the Tyson and Roy Jones stuff, but the Nate Parker and uh, Jake Paul stuff But we gonna come back to that First, going to start with the Tyson and Roy Jones. And I was excited for this. I was really excited for this fight. I, I've been a big Tyson fan. Tyson is at the top of my list of fighters. He would be number one if it wasn't for my cousin, Pernell Whitaker. Rest in peace to him. But yeah, Tyson number two on my list. I just love Tyson. I always loved his, um, his aggressiveness, his ferocity. Man... Tyson, he is a beast, and for him to be 50, what I think they said he's 54, to be that age and be in the shape that he in, and to lose the amount of weight that he lost um, to get to the point where he was to step in the ring again is amazing, because Tyson got big at one point, he he was bought up to like 300-something pounds, and you know Mike not a tall dude, he only 5'10", so 300 pounds and you 5'10", but yeah... Mike and Roy Jones, man, it was a good fight, uh, had the fellas over, and I was entertained, eight rounds, it was considered an ex- exhibition, um, the conclusion of the fight was a draw, but everybody know Tyson won, because Tyson was giving, uh, giving the business to Roy Jones, and if it wasn't for Roy moving around as much as he did, Tyson would have hurt him even worse than he did, because Tyson definitely hurt him. Because even after the fight was over, that man Roy Jones was holding his ribs and stuff. <laughs> oh my goodness. You could pay me no amount of money to get in the ring with Tyson. I don't care if it was a, a billion dollars. I ain't getting in that ring because you give me that billion dollars, but I ain't going to get to enjoy it afterwards if I get punched by him. Shit, (laughs) but I definitely enjoyed the fight. It was a real good fight. Tyson looked in real good shape. Roy was looked in good shape too, but um, I know Roy he wasn't in the shape that we normally used to seeing him at. But that's because you know um, Roy really was a a, um, what class was he in? I think it was a a light a light heavyweight so roy had to gain extra weight just to get up to you know a good amount of pounds to fight heavyweight and roy jones he is one of the greatest as well roy jones you know he he held like four four or five belt, belts in different weight in four or five different weight classes or whatever roy is the truth too i've always enjoyed uh roy uh boxing as well but man, I love Tyson though man. And I'm glad everything went good All of them were safe But getting to the damn uh, Nate Parker jump <laughs> That Nate Parker And uh, Jake Paul jump Man, oh my goodness And then the fact to learn that um, Jake Paul was the one I mean, uh, Nate Parker was the one That called him out That's crazy, man Nate Parker was the one that called him out, and I mean, it's just like, Nate, like, what the hell was he doing the whole time he was up in there? He kept rushing and charging the Bama, throwing punches, and I'm like, dude, can you fight? We was up in the basement like, yeah, this Bama can't fight. He can't box, and he can't fight, because for one, just just straight off the strength of um, regular fighting. Like you don't charge no man when you fighting like that, especially not in boxing, with boxing being a skilled sport and you know it's more technical and stuff like that. I mean he kept charging them and that's why his ass kept getting knocked the hell out. Because he was charging in the punches. Man, that joint was sad because he got his ass knocked out. He he was straight sleep. <laughs> And it was like, soon as the fight, it was like everybody knew, soon as the fight was over, that the memes was going to start. And of course they did. Soon as that damn fight was over, man. (laughs) The memes started up. And the main one that had me cracking up was the uh, Apollo Creed jump. Thank goodness the Apollo Creed John with when he died in the ring, was a fictional story. Because if it was a real story and people was throwing them memes out there, (laughs) that would have been terrible. Well, man. Um, Speaking of the Nate Parker and um, Jake Paul fight, something that I ran across interesting on uh, Twitter. It's not really interesting. I ain't surprised. Seeing as though the person that all of this came from I'm gonna play a clip for you um, With Jamel Hill speaking on her show. I forgot the name of her show. She does it with uh, the other that other lady um, That was on ESPN. I forgot her name, but let me play the clip pull it up
1: Be honest um, I I almost started to protest this show because why I'll tell you why and this is our question of the week We saw what happened to Nate Robinson, so I'm gonna ask Jake Paul right here in front of America. Jake, um, considering where we are right now in our racial conversation in America, was what you did to Nate Robinson racist? (laughs) That is the question of the week.
2: Nah, stop playing with me. Come on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Listen, Jake, it's a sensitive time right now. We just had to witness a white man just knock a black man smooth out in front of all of America. So that's why I asked that. But just just tell us about that that moment real quick, because uh, it looked like Nate was asleep before he ever even hit the canvas.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is what we train for. You know, at the end of the day, boxing's a sport and, uh, you know, you train to win. And that's, that's what I went in there and did. And I, I, uh, I worked hard for this. And, you know, Nate, Nate is the one who called me out originally. So I think he is frozen.
1: Hey, can you hear me now?
2: Yeah, I can hear you guys now. Oh, Sorry, okay. my that's Wi-Fi okay. is unstable, like my relationship.
1: <laughs> <laughs> OK, so let's start from the beginning. OK. First and foremost, was it racist to knock a black man out? That is the question of the No, week. stop asking me that. <laughs> I said no. It's not racist.
2: It's a shitty question. It's a sport. Why is it a shitty it question? Too.
1: Why is it a shitty question?
2: Because it, h- how does this have anything to do with race? It, just, it doesn't.
1: It's a At fine least- question. We got to wake you up. You got to be a part of this conversation. <laughs> That's right. Because like, if you can go from, pa- oh, oh, <laughs> He's oh.
0: OK, that was the clip. I mean, what kind of dumbass shit is that to be asking? Him. If, I mean, if you don't know, Jake Paul is white And he's like a big YouTuber or whatever But I'm like You sitting up here with this platform And this is the shit that I already Y'all know, if you've been listening already You can go back and listen to several episodes That I've done I've talked about Jamail Hill and her sketchy ass But, um I'm kind of dumb ass shit as that To be sitting here asking on A national nationally televised show And her, uh her co-host is Kari Champion And the show is on Vice It's their show Their little talk show Sports talk show But I'm like What kind of dumbass shit is that to be asking somebody And if you and if you see the clip It's on Twitter You can see uh, Jake Paul's How uncomfortable he was When they asked him that the second time Even the first time he was uncomfortable He tried to go along with it then But The fact that they asked him that the second time That was like Excuse me, excuse me, it's one of them shows, but yeah, it's like, why are you putting him in that position to, to, you already know some people out here who kind of take things the wrong way or take things too personally or whatever, and you can have people sending him death threats or, you know, trying to step to him in the street and stuff like that because they trying to make it this black white thing in the boxing arena. And it's funny because like not probably like I think it was earlier this week. It came out that Floyd Mayweather is going to fight Jake Paul now in February for an exhibition fight. And it's like they using all it. This, this right here is, if you go back to my show, capitalism. This is, this is what I'm talking about right here. Capitalism. They running off the fact that Jake Paul knocked out nate robinson who's a black dude and they trying to make it seem like jake paul is the great white hype and you can it's two movies out there the great white hope with james earl jones in it and the great white hype that got damon waynes in it and if you watch both those movies you can see how capitalism is built off of stuff like this Jake Paul ain't nobody to be stepping in the damn ring with no Floyd Mayweather. But Floyd Mayweather, as well as the boxing promoters, are gonna capitalize off of this. Capitalism. <laughs> I mean, this shit is crazy, but like I'm just I'm just tired of Jameel Hill, <laughs> I mean, it's just like why did they actually sit there and ask that dumbass shit? But, I mean, hey, I guess you see why they in the positions that they are and the person like me in the position that he's in. Because they'll they'll compromise certain things to get to a certain place where I won't. But I digress. But speaking of capitalism, based off of that episode, that, that uh, past episode, Capitalism, I was talking all about... Um, Kaepernick and um, how Jay-Z and stuff was capitalizing off of the, and the NFL were partnering up and working together to capitalize off of um, racial awareness or whatever they wanted to call it, I don't know, but (sighs) (laughs) something funny. Recently surfaced this week as well, and me and my boy uh, Greg G Deck from Separate the Two Podcast and You and You Podcast. I'm productive and unapologetic. <laughs> we we was joking, and I'm sure he's going to joke about this on on their next uh, on the Separate the Two Podcast next episode. So make sure you check that out. But <laughs> he he was on the group chat just joking, and just had all types of joke for the uh, this. This uh, Kaepernick and Ben & Jerry's collaboration with They got um, This new Ice cream flavor And let me see if I can uh, pull it up uh, Pull up the commercial And let y'all it. That's not it Let me see Um, I think this one is it right here Yeah, that one's it. All right, so let me cue it up again so we can get it from the beginning. Now I'm gonna just play the commercial.
3: And Kaepernick are teaming up in the struggle against police
4: violence,
1: systemic racism,
3: and white supremacy. It's time to dismantle systems of oppression.
1: And create alternatives rooted in community, accountability, and well-being.
4: This is what resistance looks like, and it's rooted in joy, love, and justice. All of Colin's proceeds from our new certified vegan non-dairy flavor go to Know Your Rights Camp.
1: An organization he launched in 2016 to advance the liberation of black and brown people. Let's serve up some joy on the journey to justice. Together, we can change.
0: Yeah, that was the commercial. And the flavor of the ice cream has changed the world. And it's not world as in W O R L D. It's W H I R L E D. And like I said, it's non-dairy vegan ice cream. So it's for everybody. <laughs> Man, this is so funny because this is what I'm talking about right here: capitalism. Capitalism. And granted, they say that. You know the proceeds were going to go to his um, his nonprofit organization, and that's cool and everything. So even if Ben and Jerry's uh, collaborate with Kaepernick and they not making no money off this particular flavor, but still they're bringing awareness to their brand, which they already do because Ben and Jerry's has done a lot of stuff like this where they where they where they have supported the um, the. Uh, Systematic racism and police brutality and stuff like that Campaigns and protests and stuff like that So this is the exact quote from uh, what they were saying um, Damn, I lost the damn damn clip um, Let me pull it up again Excuse me This is the quote that they had This is to confront systemic oppression and stop police of, police violence I don't know how ice cream going to do that, but yeah, I understand. But like I saying, even though all the proceeds are going towards Colin Kaepernick's um, nonprofit, oh, it ain't even all the proceeds. Here you go, it says, according to Ben and Colin Kaepernick's portion of proceeds from the ice cream sales will be used to support the work of his Know Your Rights organization which teaches black and brown children about how to deal with police interactions. The organization also aims to advance the liberation and well-being of their communities through education, self-empowerment, and mass mobilization, according to the organization's bio. So that's cool. So, okay, Ben and Jerry's is going to make a profit off of this. So we don't even know how much Colin Kaepernick's portion actually is from the proceeds of the seller this ice cream. For all we know, it could be 10%. It could be 70%. It could be 80%. Cool. But as we all know, these organizations are great. But where I have a problem with the statement is when it says, the organization which teaches black and brown children about how to deal with police interactions. It don't matter. It's been plenty of situations where black people have done the right thing in their interaction with the police, and they still got killed, or still got beat, or still got arrested. So you know, it's like it's it's cool that he's using his organization for education and all that other stuff. But but I'm. Kind of like, where is it where we get to the policy aspect of it? Where I don't know if it's organizations necessarily, you know, pushing for policy changes or dealing with uh, having or if they have relationships with politicians and stuff like that. So I can't really speak on that. But on Ben and jury side, they still making a profit from it. And like I already said, Ben the jury's always have already been, you know, speaking out against police brutality and oppression and stuff like that so that's cool you know and it's hard to really look at it as if they're doing it because they know the how strong and powerful the black dollar is and how big consumers we are and how it will raise their profile as well as their profits um you know but In some aspect, it's dealing with capitalism. And it's like Kaepernick is out, get to do all this stuff. He got all these relationships, having shoes, clothing, all this stuff. But the Bama's still not in the NFL. Like you had Jay-Z and the NFL team up together talking about they're going to put into place whatever program that they they got to deal with. Police brutality and oppression and stuff like that But Kaepernick still can't get his ass back up in the NFL, man What the hell is going on? I don't understand (laughs) It's crazy, man Oh, capitalism I might have to call this episode Capitalism Part (laughs) 2 But, um I'm just going through the outline I'm just trying to hurry up I'm trying to hurry up and get to the fight But nah, seriously Recently Uh, I I saw there was a lot of stuff about, um, Cardi B and, um, her in a $88,000 purse or something, and how much, you know, it was a backlash about it, you know, how people felt about it and stuff like that, um, which is not surprising, um. But those situations I feel like are always kind of sticky situations um because at the same time it's her money, so like what can you really say but then at the same time, you know she's putting she's putting herself in a position where um she says that you know she is. I'm trying to find the right word to say because I don't want to speak out of turn for her. But it was a quote that she had during um, one of her magazine interviews. And here you go. It said she says, I like justice. It was it was part of her. Um, the billboard. um Thing it said Billboard Women Amusing It says uh, Billboard Woman of the Year Cardi B. I like justice, but I also like popping my pussy. Um, and that's fine. I mean, I don't, I don't care because the way I see it, everybody, everybody should have a full life. So you can have your, you can have your political side. You can have your ratchet side or whatever you want to call it. There's nothing wrong with that, but i I'm kind of on the fence with this eighty eight thousand dollar purse thing when you um purposely bringing it up instead of somebody else bringing it up, you bringing it up um and then people giving you backlash for it, and then you getting mad, so I'm kind of like, well, if you didn't bring it up, then nobody probably wouldn't have would have known so And then I'm like, you know, it's your money. You can do whatever the hell you want to do with it. But then also a part of me is like, well, if you say you for justice, why don't you put that $88,000 or something else? But then I'm like, well, she probably put up another amount of money, you know, for some type of organization or some type of campaign or something that deals with justice and oppression. So it's like it's a catch-22, and you you win and you lose, so it's like, I don't, I don't know, but I thought it was something that I should bring up, because people kept talking about it, so, I mean, I'm, I'm neither here nor there, I, don't, I mean, I don't really care, because that's not gonna stop me from doing nothing that I gotta do, um, and like I said, it's her money, but I just thought it was something to bring up, <sighs> but... Yeah. Another interesting (laughs) topic was the, um, I'm sure most people heard about it because it's been like all over social media and stuff about that black restaurant in Atlanta. And it was a girl in there, black woman, black woman was in the restaurant and she was twerking. And the restaurant uh, owner got mad and basically went on a a rant, you know, saying what he had to say about, you know, don't do this in my restaurant and stuff like that. I know I had the clip. I'm trying to see if I can find it. Let me pull this clip up. Um, Here you go It's the clip when the restaurant owner starts speaking out Let me see Here you go right here Let me see
4: I invested a lot of money Into buying this building Into developing this concept So black people can have somewhere nice to go to Okay, Somewhere where we can feel good about ourselves As they Come on Stop the music please somewhere where our people can feel
0: good about ourselves as a culture, okay? No, no, real talk. And so all this twerking and shit, take it to prime, take it to pink, don't bring it here because we're a restaurant. And so beyond
5: that, 75% of my customers are ladies. And I want men to show respect for themselves and how they carry themselves here. So how can I tell the men to respect themselves? And you guys are twerking on glass here. If you want to do it, get the fuck out my restaurant. Because I did it for our people and I did it for our culture.
2: So don't do
0: it. No, don't do it again. I don't want to hear it. If you don't like it, get out because I don't need your money. I need to provide something for my people. And don't do it again. Thank you. Yeah. That man said what he said. Said what he said. Um, Yeah, the restaurant wasn't in Atlanta. I'm sorry. It was in Dallas. And the restaurant is called True Kitchen. And um, they said that the owner approached approached the lady twerking several times and she kept doing it or whatever so you know I guess the clip that I played was actually when he got to his breaking point and that's why you know he was cussing and stuff like that um I hope that wasn't his first initial way of speaking but yeah I know that I saw people saying that you know well if you ain't want them dancing while you playing the music and stuff like that and I can I can see that to a degree, but at the same time, um, I do kind of understand where he's coming from, and I think I'm kind of on his side a little more, because you wouldn't see no black person going to uh, one of the white uh, higher end restaurants or higher end chain restaurants and, and twerking and stuff and think that acceptable. Um so yeah I guess that's why I agree. And I think like everything is not for every place. So if you want to twerk, do it in your home. You can do it outside on the street, do it in the club, whatever, but not in the restaurant, and you know, with people trying to sit down and have their meal and stuff. And like I already said, they were the restaurant was playing uh, music, rap music, hip hop music, whatever you want to call it. But that still don't give you the 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 right to just get up and start twerking and stuff in the, in the man's restaurant. So I. I'm technically not mad at him. I'm kind of on his side. Like It's certain things for certain places. And, you know, I, it's just... <laughs> it's a sticky situation with, with stuff like this. I do understand that, you know, yeah, he got the music playing and people was like, you know, he shouldn't be playing that music then. But at the same time, if you want to cater to your your crowd and you know your crowd, if, if your restaurant... If you consider your restaurant an upscale restaurant then You um, provide that upscale service, upscale food and stuff like that um, But you can still, I don't know what's, what's considered upscale music If it's not, you know, um, classical But you ain't playing classical music in an establishment that you know is going to bring in A whole bunch of black patrons, men or women, so you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on his side, and I agree with him, I mean that, and then, for the fact, if you, if you saw the video, she was like all up on his glass and stuff like that, and, and you could see like the glass moving a little bit, so she would've broke the damn glass, and then she would've hurt herself, and then he would've had a lawsuit and all this other stuff, so, it's so many layers to it, but I am on his side, like it was just crazy just to see that, and then the, the, The people that was in the restaurant was all dressed up and nice and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. It was crazy. So, capitalism can't even have your own restaurant without somebody knowing what they want to do. But, oh. The MAGA boys was back down here today, down in DC. They had another march, another parade, whatever they did. I don't know what the hell they was down here for, I guess because Trump's still trying to uh, protest the election and they mad. But I mean, at this point, I mean, who cares? Biden, Trump, shit all the same to me. And and recently, Biden, uh, a leak, the audio leak of Biden talking to civil rights leaders came out, and it was real interesting to hear. Interest, interesting, but not surprising to me at least, because this is what I've been trying to tell people for a minute that Joe Biden just as bad as Trump, and the Democrats just as bad as Republicans. They just do it in a subtle or more subtle way. Republicans more out open with their with their racism and their bigotry and their oppression and stuff, but he uh did a uh a, a zoom call with as they said prominent civil rights leaders and i heard the leak and i heard it on another podcast that was the only place that you could find it at the time that it that it leaked and so i'll give you the podcast information it's um It's too long to to play based off of the podcast, but the podcast that it was on is actually actually only 16 minutes. So I encourage everybody to go listen to it. And that podcast is, is called Deconstructed, and it's titled Inside Biden's Meeting with Civil Rights Leaders. And I listened to it, and like I said, it was interesting but not surprising because... The way Biden was talking to those black people, man, it was just, it was nasty, and it was, and he was like, the tone of his voice was like the audacity of y'all to come and ask me for anything, and that's why I really encourage everybody to, to go find that 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 podcast. It's on Spotify, um, and I'm sure the the audio... The leaked audio is is around more places now, but yeah, the way that he talked to them civil rights leaders, man, it was was wild. And it ain't surprising. He talked to them the the bass in his voice, the tone in his voice was like the audacity of y'all to ask me for anything. And s- some of the other things that he was saying to him, like, you know, uh I don't. I'm not saying it verbatim, but he came out and said something that suggested that you know black people ain't gonna be relevant anyway in the next few decades because Hispanics are gonna outnumber us. So you know we we shouldn't be complaining about anything, and you know saying we should be worried. We should be. It's sort of like we should be kissing his his feet, his hands, and his feet. And you know he he um. Came out and was like trying to insinuate that, you know, he's done tons of things. Well, he ain't insinuate. He actually did say about how, you know, he's done plenty of things for black people and all this other stuff. And then you had your old boy Al Sharpton on there talking about some um, how good of a person Biden and Kamala was. And he, he want he want the. The Biden that he know and the Kamala that he knows to do what they what they've always been doing for black people to do it when they get in the office. And I'm like, oh, did you just hear what the fuck you said? <laughs> what they always been doing? Nigga, 94 crime bill. <laughs> Kamala with her and her prosecuting and her truancy stuff like man, these damn like these bamas bootlickers. And this is why this is I was saying like a couple of episodes ago. We don't have no real black leaders. We don't have no bona fide black leaders because all these bammers that claim to be leaders are straight ass kisses and bootlickers. Shit is ridiculous. Let me put some ice in my glass so I can pour up some more. Yeah, but like I said, I wasn't surprised that what he was saying and how he was talking to them people. And they basically just sat there and took it on that call. None of them came came back. It was like they were sitting there in the principal's office and they was just sitting there looking up with a with a glare in their eyes about to cry. Should've said, man. Um, Yeah, but, and along with that, um, Black Lives Matter have been posting, the Black Lives Matter organization has have been posting that they, it's been 32 days since they've requested meeting with Biden, excuse me, Biden and Kamala Harris, and they ain't got no response. <laughs> ain't this what I already fucking said? You don't wait to give somebody your votes and then ask for something. No, you demand that shit before. You say you ain't going to get my votes unless we get a guarantee. We get something in writing that you're going to do this for us. Like even when the after the election and it was uh, projected that Biden and Kamala won, Black Lives Matter organization posted on their uh, social media saying black folk, defeated trump (laughs) but now y'all sitting here begging outside the house asking massa for something to eat (laughs) i mean you can't make this shit up like that's have i've been saying this shit i've been saying this i've been predicting all this shit from the beginning of this year i've been i predicted a lot of shit that already been happening these, these band, the Black Lives Matter organization sitting here posting about they've requested to meet with Biden and Kamala and they ain't heard nothing yet. But y'all posting when the election happened, talking about some black folk defeated Trump. They don't give a fuck about that. That's what I said. <laughs> this shit is crazy, man. Like, I get in this. This is what I'm talking about. The Willie Lynch syndrome. Black people, we ain't gonna get nowhere because our mental state is effed up. We still got that slave mentality where we believe that we are slaves and that we are slaves to these white people. These white people that got this power over us. I can't make this. I can't make this up. <laughs> oh my. Capitalism but um let me take a sip. Ah. Ah. That henny's so smooth. It's so smooth, don't you agree? Uh oh, speaking of the government the um Vaccines, the Pfizer COVID vaccine has been approved for emergency use by a government organization. And they've been granted emergency use authorization as early as Friday, Pfizer, the Pfizer vaccine. And even with with that announcement more announcements have came out about um the vaccine and for participants of uh, that have gotten that vaccine wind up getting bell's palsy and If you don't know what Bell's Palsy is, let me pull up exactly what that is. Um. (laughs) Bell's Palsy. Bell's Palsy. It says, a sudden weakness in the muscles on one half of the face. Bill's palsy may be a reaction to a viral infection. It rarely occurs more than once, and like I already said, that um that Pfizer uh, vaccine, four people developed Bill's palsy after receiving it. And it was this was the trial run, trial run, and they uh, it was a allergic, an allergic reaction. Um, due to that Pfizer vaccine, and a part of that Pfizer vaccine, that says four people develops Bell palsy in Pfizer and Bio and Tech COVID nineteen vaccine trial as an allergic reaction. Who trying to take that fucking vaccine? Gotta be kidding me, man. Four people. And then... Something else happened. And let me find that. It says two participants actually died doing those Pfizer vaccine trials. And this was a, a article I saw. And let me look that up again to make sure that it's actually true. Actually true. Two people um uh mm. Mm-mm. Yeah here you go right here It said FDA announces Two deaths of Pfizer vaccine trial Participants from serious Adverse events It says two This is another headline From it from my article it says Two vaccine trial participants died but the FDA didn't connect their deaths to the Vaccine Interesting Right <laughs> And I'm going to say it again. Who's trying to take that vaccine? But one thing that I find um, interesting. I've been saying that word a lot tonight. Uh, that might be the uh, the title of the, the episode. Um, but this goes all apart. This is all a part of capitalism that I'm about to talk about. You know, you have. This this is what I this is what I find interesting about all this vaccine talk and stuff and people saying that they're not gonna take it, you know, all on social media and stuff like that, is the fact that the same people that I see saying that they aren't going to participate in getting this vaccine and stuff are the same people that are buying stocks of the companies who are creating these vaccines. And if that ain't capitalism for your ass, I don't know what it is. And I play around with stocks every now and then, and I thought about it, but I I really sat sat with myself for a second, and I said to myself, I was like, do I feel comfortable saying I'm not going to take this vaccine, but then it's because of how I feel about the allergic reactions and adverse effects and stuff like that, and just all the bad stuff you hear about vaccines, particularly when it comes to children. Dying and getting diseases and stuff like that From from taking vaccines But then actually investing my money Into those same companies who are making the vaccines Just to put some money in my pocket But this is the fucked up shit with The society we live in It being a capital, capitalistic society And People having the Um the objections to certain things, but still, you know, and this is all, this is me included. This is just out, this is even outside of vaccine. You'll have, you know, companies exploiting uh, society and patrons and stuff like that. But we still go into their stores, we still go into their restaurants, we still go, we still buy their products and stuff like that. So it's kind of like, you know, we just we just all in 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 a a recycled a recycle bin. We all in a recycle bin. We don't like capitalism when it doesn't benefit us, but we love it when it does benefit us. Like uh Thursday night, I I was really struggling with a lot of things, particularly stuff that goes on in this in this world. <clears throat> and I was sitting there to myself and I was like, man, this whole this whole world is is a is a hypocrisy. And I got on Twitter and I wrote, let me find that tweet. Um so I can read it verbatim. Let me find that tweet. Uh Where is it at? Mm -mm. Um. I've been sweeting a lot lately, so let me. I think he is coming. I said, I said, Earth should be called hypocrisy. SMH shit filled with a bunch of hypocrites. Like this is all of us. Like, you know, we we are all hypocrites. This this world, this earth should not be called earth. It should be called hypocrisy. Because we are a bunch of hypocrites. And it's not necessarily. I wouldn't say I'm not gonna sit here and say that it is. Is necessarily not a bad thing because it's definitely a bad thing to, to a certain extent um, when, as I said, it's cool when people benefit off of it. But excuse me, it's not cool when we're not benefiting off of it. But at the same time, we're humans, so we're not perfect and we're not supposed to be perfect. We're not considered to be perfect if you look at it from a spiritual aspect. So, like, I was having a tough time Thursday night because I was sitting here just thinking, like, the re- let me start with this. The reason I even wrote that tweet was because um if you don't know who this person is, uh Brandon Bernard, he was he was on death row and all the facts from his case, he's been in, he was in jail for 20 years, and he was on death row, he was executed Thursday night. And Trump had the power to actually uh stop his execution and even Obama had a chance to stop his exit stop his execution when before Obama left office but he didn't do it and Trump had a chance and he didn't do it and from all the aspects of the case showed that Brandon Bernard he was convicted of a murder I believe it was and All the facts from the case and everything, all the evidence, everything showed that he did not do it. Like, he literally did not do it. Innocent man, and he still died. So I was struggling with that, because I was like, Earth should be called hypocrisy, SMH. Shit filled with a bunch of hypocrites. Pro-life, but pro-death. Because you have all these people talking about pro-life, 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 particularly conservatives, Republicans, and stuff like that. But then they be the first ones to be out here killing us and stuff like that, and and this for the uh, the death penalty and stuff, you know. So I was just I was just wrestling with. it. I was just like, you know, I I I don't I wasn't feeling I wasn't feeling this world. I wasn't feeling being a human being or anything because I was just like, man, this shit is crazy. But yeah, capitalism. <laughs> I mean, you have these people saying that they not going to get the vaccine. Vaccines are bad and all this other stuff. But they lining their pockets up, buying the stocks and the company to make that money. So, I mean, like, I don't know. You can sit, like I said, it's, it's, it's a struggle because in one sense... We're not perfect. We're not supposed to be perfect because we're humans. But at the same time, we do have free will. We have the right to make choices, and we continue to make these choices that put us in these effed up situations. And I'm talking specifically about black people right there when I'm saying that. But um, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) But along with that, uh, that vaccine. So. Um, what's that Bama name? Um, uh, what's his name? Doctor Fauci. I got a clip about him. And I'm gonna play that clip. Something he came on and said. So let me cue that up. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go.
5: African American brothers and sisters is that the vaccine that you're gonna be taking was developed by an African American woman. And that is just a fact. I mean, that is a fact. And I think that's some of
0: the things that people don't fully appreciate. I wanna say, to my African American, to my African American brothers and sisters, a white man sitting there saying that now nah, this it got pandering in it. It got his his statement got pandering in it. It got scapegoating in it. Oh boy, these people. Yeah, so he came on and said that, um, and the doctor that he's referring to, her name is Kismakia Corbett. And recently, some old tweets of hers resurfaced from her now deleted Twitter account. And this is a black woman and she is credited for developing the COVID vaccine. So, let's look at these tweets. This one tweet, was written in September 9th, 2012. I like my white boys to look like they can surf and got the daddy stroke, rare fine. But when you do, honey. (laughs) Here's another tweet, April 5th, 2010. I will probably end up marrying a white boy with a soulful voice questions making new plans in 2012 lol here's another tweet October 6 2011 I hope my kids have white friends no offense but most of you niggas and nigger bitches have the worst friendship circle hmm here's another tweet girl what race ain't better than niggas Mexican, Asian, all that, LOL. Hmm, interesting. And this is the person that Fauci is saying that we should put our faith and trust in because she's black. But as I've stated before, and as we all know, well, I ain't gonna say all know, all folk, what? All skin folk and kinfolk got me got me discombobulated <laughs> but yeah this is the person that we're supposed this is the black woman we supposed to trust in getting the vaccine right yeah yeah <laughs> uh, and she came out and made a statement after those tweets resurfaced here it is Her new Twitter handle is Kizzy Ph.D. The tweets you think you found are from like 2003. And I'm cleaning up her statement because she actually made some spelling errors and stuff. Ph.D. Never mind. I was not damn near 30. And please stop insulting my education. Insult me all you want. But my degrees and street smarts are what they are. Earned. And I said I read in depth the history at age sixteen, actually. Hmm. She said those tweets were from two thousand and three. Twitter wasn't founded until two thousand and six. Hmm. Yeah. <sighs> She doesn't like herself much, huh? Or other black people Willie Lynch Syndrome So You still feel comfortable getting that vaccine? I sure don't I sure don't feel comfortable But um, Yeah So We got these vaccines going on and you have a lot of people who've been coming out that work for medical companies, and you have your quote unquote conspiracy theorists, you have your quote unquote um social media influences, et cetera, et cetera, saying that you know these vaccines is the only these vaccines is all about making money. It's capitalism, baby. Capitalism. It's all about capitalism. And hey. I think I agree, too. I think I agree that these vaccines is about capitalism when it comes down to it. The way that they're rushing it, you know. It was an interesting um, little statement that that was passed around on social, social media. And it says, 40 years worth of research. No vaccine for HIV. At least 100 years of research. No vaccine for cancer. Ongoing research. No vaccine for the common cold. But now, in less than a year, you have a vaccine for COVID-19 that you want me to take. I agree with that statement. I mean, when you think, besides the AIDS and the cancer in that statement, I was more turning on the light bulb over my head when they was talking about a vaccine for the common code. And I was like, yeah, because they know that's inevitable. They know the, the, the common code is inevitable. Granted, we got a vaccine for the flu, which I've only taken once. And the time that I did get it was when I was a little kid. And right after I took that vaccine, I got the flu. And that was the only time I had the flu ever in my life. But yeah. It's just interesting how they're trying to push this vaccine out as fast as they are. But I mean, because, you know, the way that the mainstream media is making the seem and stuff and politicians and scientists and doctors and, and stuff are coming out, making it seem as though once you get COVID, it's a death sentence. But the survival rate for getting COVID is actually 99 percent. It's in the 90 percentile. Of survival. That's the survival rate of getting COVID. It's in the 90 percentile. I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, people going to do what they want to do. So it is what it is. But, I mean, you know, we're in the winter months now. Uh, Well, we will be in winter, December 21st. The winter, that'll be the winter solstice. We're in fall right now, the, the end of fall. And... We getting to the point now where the shutdowns are coming again. Um I'm in the DC area. The I'm in Maryland, which is Prince George's County, which is considered a suburb of DC. And here we say it's the DMV, DC, Maryland, Virginia, uh, Northern Virginia, um, excluding Baltimore in the Maryland part. But yeah, um I know Prince George's County, um, in Maryland we are shutting down indoor dining uh DC uh, um I'm not sure if they've done anything yet but I know Virginia they just started a a statewide curfew and um so we we getting to the point now where you know we we going right back down to a lockdown in in certain areas a lot of things uh uh are closing up um we about to be right back in the same position that we was in the beginning of march um, and it is getting sticky for for small businesses and people who have you know jobs you know we might have layoffs and stuff like that and we in this country, we still aren't support this. This gov the country's government still not supporting this, <laughs> the citizens. You have all these other countries who are giving money to their citizens, except for the United States. We got out twelve hundred dollars and that's it. But you have other countries basically um, funding the living of their citizens like giving buku money, like money money, like good paying job money. But the United States, we ain't giving nothing up to us. And it's like, we continue to believe in this system. All this, got the MAGA march down there today because Trump didn't win, you got the black people going crazy over Biden and Kamala, but they not doing nothing for us. We worrying about Congress and runoff votes in Georgia and all this other stuff like that. And these congressmen ain't doing nothing for us. They'll go on their little breaks and and leave us sitting around wondering what we gonna do. Like the government might get shut down soon. Like <laughs> but we still we still believing in this. This is crazy. Like <laughs> this is beyond a Willie Lynch syndrome. We all White, black, brown, yellow, red, green, blue We all just effed up in the head To keep believing in something (laughs) That ain't benefiting us But this is capitalism We stuck in this mindset of everybody for themselves I gotta get mine You gotta get yours I gotta get mine You gotta get yours Dang (laughs) That, That might be the episode right there the name of the episode, I gotta get mine I gotta get mine, you gotta get yours You got to get yours I'm writing this down right now because I don't want to forget it I gotta get mine, you gotta get yours <laughs> Yeah man, this is crazy Um, I got a couple of more topics that I want to wrangle And one was, um, I saw it a couple of days ago and it's all in the line with capitalism and privilege, white privilege, and all that. And um, dang, that's just crazy. Cause I'm just thinking about these. Uh, Cause I was in the barber shop uh, yesterday and I was talking to my barber about all the the shutdowns and the lock lockdowns and all that other stuff and them shutting stuff back down and stuff. And you. We got families in this country star- starving and stuff. And this is what I was saying on the last episode. Like, the one thing that I'm thankful for is the fact that I'm still able to work. And, like, I, and on that episode, I also talked about how I've received raises this year. You know, I've received substantial amount of raises. You know, I'm I'm doing good right now. But it's a lot of people out here that are struggling. And recently... um. On social media, I saw, uh, Mer- Mayor Muriel Bowser, this is the, uh, Washington, D.C. mayor, and she tried to get the homeless pushed out on a certain section in D.C., and it was, a, uh, this guy did a report on it, um, he did a story on it, and it was posted on social media, and, um, he profiled this one guy, and the guy was homeless, and he got his wife with him, and his wife was was uh, pregnant, and they was living in a tent under this bridge along with a whole bunch of other homeless people, and what happened was once all the cameras and stuff was out there, you know, um, filming, they wound up not... Uh, destroying that that homeless section where they had all the tents and stuff set up so like i said he profiled this one guy and uh he put his information up there uh his the uh guy's cash app information for um him and his wife who's pregnant living out there on the street and it has been like 40 30 degrees um just the other night it was below freezing um in our area and um Put the information up there and everything and um I saw a lot of people was donating uh to them you know sending money to the cash shop and stuff like that and I sent some money as well because this is crazy like
3: how can people like
0: people uh like man, I swear I'll be struggling sometimes that's why I try to keep keep my presence on social media only to just you know posting my podcast and blog And if I, you know, want to post some encouraging uh, words Or anything like that But, like, I really don't look at much stuff no more Like, um Stuff pops up, you know, when I get on social media And if it's interesting, I'll write it down And come back to it later And see if I want to talk about it on the podcast But some of this stuff is depressing Because some of these people out here are ruthless, man People just care about themselves, man <sighs> But yeah, um, this is what I saw, and um, this is what I was about to get to. I saw on Twitter um, a Red Table Talk discussion that they was having. Um, They was having a debate on Red Table Talk about uh, Olivia Jade and if you don't know who Olivia Jade is um she is the daughter of um she is the daughter of Lori Laughlin um and if you don't know who Lori Laughlin is she was the the lady who who got caught um in that college admission scandal, you know, giving money to get her daughter in college or whatever. And I'll pull up the clip so you can hear the discussion or the debate that they were having.
6: A lot of people are gonna have a lot of opinions about her story. She called and wanted to come to our table. Um, and we all had very different feelings about it.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I fought it tooth to the nail. I just found it really ironic that um, she chose three black women Mm -hmm. to reach out to for her redemption story. I feel like here we are, a white woman coming to black women for support when we don't get the same from them. It's just. It's, it's bothersome to me on so many levels. Her being here is the epitome of white privilege to me.
6: I understand where you're coming from, but let me just be clear. I never want to be the thing that was done to me by white women. I never want to be that. Okay. I also believe that these are the kind of attitudes that feed the same thing that we're fighting. It's like, people look at us, they say, you're black and you're female, and they automatically put us in a category. Mm -hmm. So looking at her as being white, young, and privileged, and then putting her in a category, it's the same thing. So I just see it as this cycle. It's not our responsibility to raise her consciousness. There's gonna be Mm -hmm. lots of people that agree with you. 100%. And we're gonna get heat. Yeah, yeah, we are gonna get heat. I also feel like this is a practice of compassion. To me, this young girl is reaping the repercussions of some actions of her parents. When I heard her story, it just reminded me of Jade and Willow and Trey. <laughs> It didn't remind me of them at
1: all. It did
6: for me. As a parent, I'm like, ooh, I've been in that position with me thinking I know what's best for my kids. And then they suffer the consequence of it. So you think that she didn't understand what was going on? Because they did the
1: same thing for her sister. Bottom line, we can't act like we know exactly what happened. At the end of the day, I really feel like she going to be okay. You know, and she's gonna recover whether
6: her ass was sitting at this table or not. Maybe, maybe not. That's not something that we could say. It's like this:
0: Jada Pinkett's mother. Uh, she wasn't. She wasn't hearing that shit. And I was. I'm on her side. I'm on her side completely. And I feel like Jada was just doing this shit for her profile because <laughs> that's some bullshit. Like, man, I totally agree with Jada Pinkett's mother. Like, this is the epitome of, of, of white privilege. Because, and I've said this plenty of times before, how black women are always part of this feminist move, movement. But that feminist movement is constructed around the views, and the views, values, and, and rewards of white women. It's not for black women. Because when black women's sons getting shot down in the street you don't have this rallying cry from these white feminists coming to the side of these black women no but black women always running to the side of white women and jada pink's mother was absolutely right she knew what she was doing by coming to them we have so much power black people period we have so much power She knew that she can come to the black platform with black women and get sympathy from the black community because time and time again, black women will run and stand with white women before they will stand with themselves, before they will stand with black men. Come on, man. I've been telling y'all this for a minute, man. But yeah, this is the epitome of white privilege. Like, even the women on The View call her an entitled brat by even going on that show and saying all she did. I ain't even had to listen to what, what Olivia Jade said on that show. Because just like Jay the Mother said, she gonna be fine regardless. Because if this was a black child, if this was Willow, Willow would be, this would be the headline for Willow. 10 years from now But nobody gonna remember this about Olivia Jade In the next 2 years No Shit her mother got a 2 month sentence For doing what she did But a black woman Recently got like 10 years For uh I forgot what it was Damn and I had that shit But a black woman she got 10 years for um Having her Her kid in the wrong school district or something because she was homeless or something like that. Shit is crazy, man. <sighs> now, let's go to some more lighter stuff. I mean, it's still part of celebrity and capitalism type shit. But it was just something that I thought was funny. But um, recently, Instagram had been doing a lot of changes to their platform. And one of the things that um they did was... Let me pull it up. Where is that? Uh... Okay, now um, IG has this new thing where when you go on, when celebrities go on live, um, they got something called badges. And you can choose a badge when a celebrity goes online. And Soulja Boy is the first rapper, it says Soulja Boy is now the first rapper on IG to get a badge, meaning when he goes live on Instagram, you can tip him. And it's three types of badges One badge is worth 99 cents Another badge is worth a dollar and 99 cents And the last badge is worth four dollars and 99 cents To tip a celebrity What kind of shit is that? And, And you know like since we in the COVID, and you got the lockdown and stuff like that. So it's kind of difficult for artists to make money because a lot of them don't make a lot of money off of the music that they make. They mostly make money off of appearances and tours and stuff like that. So, but you can't do none of that right now. So, now this is like a, a situation where they can make money, but... I know, they, I know people gonna get on there and, and send these niggas some money and shit, but really, like, tipping a celebrity just on a damn live? <laughs> they not pre- performing or nothing. They just sitting there. They can sit there and be cooking and, you know, just getting on live while they cooking themselves dinner or something. And people on there tipping them. What kind of, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> capitalism, bro. Capitalism. Shit is crazy, man. Shit is crazy. Ah, the world we live in, ah, I got like two more topics and then I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm in this, but this is, this is wild, <laughs> I got a clip right here, this is, this is some, this is a clip I seen a couple of weeks ago that I've been wanting to talk about and I finally remembered it, so uh let me cue it up. And this is Ti right here. This uh, this is something that he said on his his podcast. Um, I'm not gonna say the title because I don't want to get that nigga no follow, no fans and shit. The fans need to come to me. Oh, I ain't mean to say that out loud. Yeah, but here we go. This is from his podcast, Ex- expeditiously. I think that's what it's called. Women
3: out there who say they want a man who ain't got no bitches. Them women don't really want a man Who ain't got no bitches (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying Like for real bro Like just think about a man who ain't got no bitches And that Uh, energy and how that is and how that feels And what it look like Think about that time That's what attract you to that nigga Cause he had bitches that energy That that misogyny you speak so poorly of That shit provides a vibe That you are obviously Attracted to A
2: sense of comfort
3: It put out pheromones yeah. You understand me? Yeah, and how's them having, pheromones having you women in to is a sense of comfort. And I'm not saying <laughs> that it's right to be this way or wrong to be the way. Right. I'm just saying it's a fact that it is, My I'm damn is that way. Ain't I'm not no trying to excuse, name. merely explaining to you.
0: I'm going to play the clip again because I was talking through this.
3: <laughs> the women out there who say they want a man who ain't got no bitches. Them women don't really want a man Who ain't got no bitches <laughs> You know what I'm saying Hell no. Hell no. Like for real bro sure. Like just think about a man who ain't got no bitches And that uh, energy and how that is and how that feels not, And what it look like Think about that time That's what attract you to that nigga Cause he had bitches that energy That, that misogyny yes, you sir. speak so poorly of yes, That shit provides a vibe That you are obviously Attracted to A sense of comfort It put out pheromones yeah, you understand Absolutely. me, and them pheromones cause you to be attracted. And I'm not saying that it's right to be this way or wrong to be the way. I'm just saying it's a fact that it is this way. It's that way. I'm not trying to excuse, merely explaining to you. This nigga Ti
0: stupid as shit. Ain't no having no chicks bring all pheromones, nigga. <laughs> nigga stupid as shit. But um. Even before I go into this clip Something that was interesting that tied into That tied into me even remembering this clip was I watched this documentary on uh, Netflix recently And it's called uh, It's called Room 2806, The Accusation And I'm going to get a synopsis of this. um, The synopsis of this documentary. Again, it's on Netflix. It's called Room 2806, The Accusation. It's a docu-series. It got like uh, five or six episodes. Real good documentary. So. It says, uh, Netflix has released a new docu-series, Room 2806, The Accusation, on the 2011 sexual assault case involving French politician Dominique Strauss-Kahn. This is a complex and finely constructed four-part series that explains effectively to an international audience all the details around the high-profile crime case that preceded the Me Too movement. And Okay, it's four parts, but um, it's about this French politician. His name Dominique Strauss-Kahn, and he's also referred to as DSK. And he was the head of the um, International Monetary Fund (IMF), um, which is they the headquarters is in DC. And he was accused of uh, sexually assaulting a um, a hotel maid, and her name was a. Uh, Nafasitu not, not Diallo and, um, I remember this case I remember uh, I, I, was watch, I used to watch CNN a lot When I was at work And I remember this case in 2011 And um, The documentary is crazy Because um, just, just Just to hear how This dude how powerful he was He was like he was in the top 10 of the most powerful people in the world, being the head of the IMF. Um, he was like a, a big uh, economic dude. Like, they considered him a genius in economics or whatever. And it was a high-profile trial and everything. And outside of him being accused of sexually assaulting this maid they start going into his life and stuff and how he had a history of doing this stuff and people knew about it but he was so powerful he always got away with it dude was married and everything his wife was standing by his side and everything he was married three times but during like this particular time he was in his third marriage when it when he had this sexual assault with this maid but they start going into details of of his past and and even stuff that he was doing um around the time that he had the sexual assault with this maiden like it's just crazy like the arrogance and the narcissism of some of these dudes that be in this, these positions of power or who have money and stuff like that and that's what that's what made me remember about the t i stuff because we all know um, T.I. has his extracurricular activities outside his marriage and stuff. And even within his marriage, you know, his wife grants him, him and his wife, they do threesomes and stuff like that. But he has his extracurricular activities outside his marriage. But it had me just thinking about, it made me remember the T.I. clip, but it had me thinking how, you know, like these these type of dudes, they just be so these type of dudes in those positions of power and who have money and stuff. Excuse me. They be so arrogant, and they just have this narcissistic attitude and stuff about the things that they do, and and if you if you watch the doc docu series, you'll see what the guy looked like in there and everything like that, and and you know what Ti looks like and stuff like that. And I always look at, and I've known dudes, you know, like this or whatever dudes that had that was like considered ugly duck ugly ducklings in their younger years, and when they got older, and they got attention and stuff like that, you know, they... the way that they acted towards women and stuff, and it's like, when I was watching this documentary, I was just like, and you would hear like the people who knew this dude, Dominique Strauss-Kahn, and it was like everybody knew what he was doing, but it's like, it's acceptable and and i was like i was thinking to myself like man it's it's like a lot of men out here is just like some straight up pigs like some of the stuff he was on this nigga like you may call yourself a freak but you ain't no once you hear the type of stuff this this bad was doing you gonna be like man i ain't no freak i'm just i'm just regular dude this type of stuff that he was doing when he was assaulting these women and stuff, and the type of things that he was into—swingers, clubs, and all that other stuff—like this is beyond some some freak some freak shit. You know what I'm saying? This was like some this is crazy. But going back to the Ti clip,
3: man. Um, let me play it again. Let me play it again. The One more time. women out there <laughs> who say they want a man who ain't got no bitches. Them women don't really want a man who ain't got no bitches. Ah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No. Hell no. Like, for real, bro. No, for sure. Like, just think about a man who ain't got no bitches and that oh. energy and how that is and how that feels Not, and what it look like. Think about that time. That's what attract you to that nigga because he had bitches that energy, that, that misogyny That's you sir. speak so poorly. <laughs> um...
0: I agree with him to a certain degree. Um, it, it, it is women out here that, that do covet men um, yeah. that get attention. You know, some that attracts them. If, if, you know, if they, don't, if they don't see a dude, it's a situation where it's like people always wonder when they single why they don't get attention. But when they get into a relationship, they, they have attention. I don't think that's necessarily because the person knows that another person is in a relationship or got women and stuff or whatever. I think it's a certain type of confidence, a certain um, uh, nonchalant attitude that you have towards trying to pursue women. Like, if a dude is in a relationship and he's focused on his woman he's not concerned about pursuing other women so he'll have this magnetism to him that proves that you know shows that you know i don't need nobody because you know i got my woman so and then if you have a woman who may have insecurities or a woman who's used to getting certain type of attention and stuff like that and there's a man around that just has that attitude where you know like you know I'm just doing me. I'm not, you know, flirting with you. I'm not concerned about you. I'm just going about my business. Then, you know, that might be attractive. I don't think it's necessarily a thing if a dude flaunts the fact that he has a whole bunch of women. Although there are situations that that does happen, because you'll see it plenty of times, particularly with um, celebrities. Where these celebrities be normally out in the open with having multiple women or whatever, but you have the women fighting over, you know, getting more attention from them and stuff and showing it on social, me- social media like these these D-list, these D-list celebrities or whatever. You see all of them fighting over one dude, over one rapper and stuff like that. But I always looked at T.I. as funny because, I mean, I'm not the one to judge another guy. I can care less of what another guy look like. But like I was saying about ugly ducklings and stuff like that, you can you can see certain. To me, I can I can tell when a certain dude has never gotten attention before from women, um, and this is just based off of me being used to getting attention from women. And this is not to be arrogant or nothing like that. I know you're gonna think it whatever you want to or not, but st- that's besides the point. But. I can just tell when certain dudes aren't used to getting attention and they thrive off of it and they feel the need to talk about it a lot and stuff like that and brag about it. And I feel like T.I. is one of those dudes that, you know, he didn't really get attention like that until he got money. So, you know, he's in a different space where he's trying to flaunt it and stuff like that. But I mean... I, I feel like to a degree what he's saying is true, but it's it's kinda it's layers to it. It, it all depends on the, the guy and it all depends on the woman. I don't think because I've 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 encountered women and I've and I've seen women that don't like guys that get a lot of attention and that may be because of their insecurities or past situations where they've dealt with a guy that got a lot of attention and he was out there um, cheating with multiple women or something like that. A lot of women don't like that, but you know, it's some women that some women that do to a certain degree, you know. But it's all based on sometimes how the how that that certain guy is carrying himself, you know. So. It could, go, it could go many ways But hmm, T.I. just an arrogant dude I, I feel like That's how I feel <laughs> But um, I'll go ahead and end the show right here I had one more topic but I'll save that for uh, Next week Yeah um, I enjoyed this show um, I hope you enjoyed it too Remember I'm on Spotify Google Play uh, Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Make sure you subscribe, subscribe to the podcast, download the podcast, and share the podcast. Please share the podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, share the podcast. Like I've said plenty of times before, you ain't gotta post it on your on your uh, on your Instagram or Facebook page. Put it in your stories. Your story is only twenty four hours. You know, if you don't want to see, if you don't want to be seen supporting somebody who who you don't feel is excuse me is as popular as you think he should be or something like that because y'all people will be quick to support a celebrity stuff but won't support your friend stuff but um, you know how that go but yeah you know put it on your story I mean, just, just share the podcast it's not gonna hurt you just share the podcast um Shout out to my international listeners. Shout out to my domestic listeners. Shout out to the females. I'm, excuse me. Shout out to the women. And I will do a... I've been trying to formulate an episode on... Um, women and how they don't like being called females. Because this is something that I've encountered over the past three years. And I didn't know that it was a thing. And I've been I've been trying to do polls and... And have conversations with people about it some people feel like it's an issue some people don't some women don't some women do so um i will do a part i will do an episode on that sooner or later um i've been trying to understand it more um but yeah shout out to all the women and shout out this is something that i thought about in the car the other day. shout out to all the single uh single parents single uh, fathers and single mothers. And I'm not talking about uh, co-parenting situations. I'm talking about you are a single parent with no help. Shout out to those single mothers. Shout out to those single fathers. Um, because um, it was something that prompted me to think about that and to give a shout out. But just, um, I know that it's a lot of work to be a parent and shout out to all those single parents out there. Straight up, shout out to all those single parents out there. And even if, even if you with your, uh, with your child's uh, parent, if you with your child's father, if you ch- or you with your child's mother, and you're still the only person doing all the work. Shout out to you, man. Really, shout out to you. Shout out to uh, everybody, uh, everybody who support me, everybody who listen, everybody who support my blog, greatestiamblog.com instagram greatest.i.am um dot blog i'm just catching a blank uh, shout out to separate the two podcasts shout out to unprocessed knowledge podcast shout out to three stars two Boss podcast shout out to unproductive and unapologetic podcast uh, check all those podcasts out. Uh, hopefully soon you will get a new episode of Unproductive and Unapologetic. It's been a minute. I know we all have been doing our own thing. We are the new edition of podcast. We are the new edition of podcast. Yes. You know, we started out, you know, um, Mr. Telephone Man. Now we are My, 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 Mr. Sensitive, um, um, BBD all that that's what we are now <laughs> but um you know each and every episode I ended with a song um uh, I'm, I'm struggling to figure out what song I wanted to play some Bob Marley but it is <laughs> Uh I just don't know. But let me end let me end with this clip and then I'll I'll uh play the song. This was a clip I came across. I thought it was a, a great clip. Um pull it up. Uh where am I? Where am I? Okay. Pull this clip up. It's a clip of Muhammad
4: Ali. How come is everything white? I said, why is Jesus white with blonde and blue eyes? Why is the Lord's <laughs> Supper all white men? Angels are white. Pope and, and um, Mary and every, even the angels. I said, mother, when we die, do we go to heaven? She said, naturally, we go to heaven. I said, But well, what happened to all the black angels when they took the pictures? <laughs> I, said, I said, oh, I know. If the white folks was in heaven too, and the black angels were in the kitchen preparing the milk and honey. <laughs> she said, listen, you quit saying that boy. I was always curious and I always wonder why I had to die to go to heaven. Why I couldn't have pretty cars and good money and nice homes now. Why do I have to wait till I die to get milk and honey? And I said, mama, I don't want no milk and honey. I like steaks and, and I said, milk and honey is a laxative anyway. Did they have a lot of, <laughs> a lot of bathrooms in heaven? <laughs> So anyway, I was always curious. I always wondered why, you know, Tarzan is the king of the jungle in Africa. He was white. <laughs> <laughs> white man. I saw this white man swinging around Africa with a diaper on, hollering, "Oh!" Do you all see Tarzan over here, right. Tarzan? And all the Africans so hes beating them up and breaking the lion's jaw. And here's Tarzan talking to the animals, and. The African's been there for centuries, and he had, can't talk to the animals. Only the child can talk to the animals. I always wonder why Miss America was always white. All the beautiful brown women in America, beautiful suntans, beautiful shapes, all type complexions, but she always was white. And Miss World was always white. And Miss Universe was always white. And then they got some stuff called White House cigars, white swan soap, king white soap, white cloud tissue paper, <clears throat> white rain hair rinse, white tornado flow wax. Everything was white. And the angel food cake was the white cake, and the devil food cake was the chocolate cake. <laughs> I said, Mama, why is everything white? I always wondered, you know, and, and the president lived in the White House. <laughs> And Mary had a little lamb. His feet is white as snow and snow white, and everything was white. Santa Claus was white, and everything bad was black. The little ugly duckling was a black duck, and the black cat was the bad luck. And if I threaten you, I'm gonna blackmail you. <laughs> and so Mama wanted to call it white male They lied too. <laughs> I, w- I was always curious, and then and <laughs> this is when I knew something was wrong. <laughs> Won the Olympic gold medal in Rome, Italy. Olympic champion, the Russian standing right here, and the Pole right here. Is Poland considered a communist country? Yeah. Yeah, I'm defeating America's so-called threats or enemies, and the flag is going I'm standing so proud, and I don't whoop the world the world for America. I took my gold medal, thought I'd invented something. I said, man, I know I'm going to get my people freedom there. I'm the champion of the whole world, the Olympic champion. I know I can eat downtown now. And I went downtown that day, had my big old medal on, and went to the restaurant. At that time, black things weren't integrated. The black folks couldn't eat downtown. And I went downtown. And I sat down, and I said, you know, a cup of coffee, a uh, hot dog. He said, the lady said, we don't serve Negroes. <laughs> I'm so mad. I said, I don't eat them either. Just give me a cup <laughs> of hot <alcohol>. dogs <laughs>
0: That was Muhammad Ali. I thought that was a a good little clip to play. But let me end this off with a song. Remember, subscribe to the podcast, download, share, all that. We are coming upon the end of the year. Season 2 is about to be done. About to end this with a song. This is Gotta Get Mine by MC Bree featuring Tupac, Doug Life.
2: Buck, buck, motherfucker, right at your motherfucking ass. This shit too strong for a motherfucking vest. So watch your chest and your dome. Leave Breed the fuck alone. We sendin' niggas to the fucking cemetery. I gotta get mine.
5: You better get yours. I gotta get mine. You gotta get yours. I gotta get mine. You gotta get yours. I gotta get mine. You better get yours. I gotta get mine. You gotta get yours. I gotta get mine. Gotta get yours.
0: That was the wrong version. I'm sorry. hey this the right one. get <laughs> This the right
5: one right here. Yeah.
0: You gotta get yours. I gotta get mine. You gotta get yours. I
5: gotta get mine. You gotta get yours. I gotta get mine. Get yours. as I wanna be, fuck with me, use a it is. Fucking yeah, ask the way it's gonna be. Why uh, puffin' huh. up on a dangle, drinking mad brew. Taking names and after that I'm kickin' ass to breathe. Time to flow. And I get a ride to go. Hey yeah, park and I'll sit back, straight up, design is slow. Uh, they used to see a young nigga come up, up. another punk. Run up, we'll <laughs> have to get his gun up. Cause I ain't taking no shorts like a new boy for exploding the floor like Jordan exploding on the hook court. And I don't wanna be, I don't wanna be nothing like Michael's. Even Michael's like it's an itty bitty what trifling. And when you in the spotlight, you get on um, jock, right? But you're not snot tight, huh? Fucking anybody who fuck with mine. When will they realize I'm straight out to get mine? Yeah. Us, I got to get yours I got to get mine You got to get mine I got to get mine You got to get yours I got to get mine You got to get yours I got to get mine You got to get yours I got to get mine You got to get yours I got to get
2: mine You got to get yours I got to get mine get You got to get yours I got to get mine 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 I got to I smoking blunts of skunk, making holes and pumps and only underground funk, pump, bumping out of my trunk. Living yeah. life of a hustler, hide till I die. Meeting bitches, getting bitches. Miss me with lies. Picture me living out my life as a blaster. i rather pop up a shot for my Glock and blast, motherfuckers I'll live a thug life, baby I'm, I'm hopeless. Joking on in to keep my focus. Don't let that bullshit worry me. Fuck the fame I'm due to the game Till they bury me God gave me game, So I'm hustling Pour out some liquor for my niggas two fuckers still struggling My nigga breathe new the time Whether it's rhyme or crime Nigga I gotta get
5: mine You gotta get yours I gotta get
2: mine
5: You gotta get yours I gotta get mine You gotta get yours I gotta get mine You gotta get yours I gotta get mine You gotta get yours You gotta get yours you gotta yeah. Yeah. I gotta get yours. I gotta get mine. can you measure the amount of applause I keep? time I pick up a mic and start spitting uh-huh. the sidewalks in New York to start bumping, jumping around with the motherfucking clown and I'm down to the bullets, and breaking nigga's ass up, proper, did I shock you cause I got you in my pocket again the new Jackson, new Jackson new me and my niggas when I used to run it way back when, way back when I posted it, roasted it, Goes to the pinnacle because of what I do with a pain, it's vernacular position connected two lines in the division plus, when I had Lucy flutes, it's guaranteed to sell like prostitutes I never, I never had a love for, for hoes, put it blunt They want me in the back, but so bitch, I'm, I'm, I'm in the, the front front. Don't front. And really, I don't need a reply Pull yourself together as you pass the am On a whole nother
6: look, them hoes is left uh-huh. I told you before, keep your pussy to yourself Too uh-huh.
5: so many niggas lie to half funny what a motherfucker do for man I got fractures Caught up in my everyday actions, point equal to your real satisfaction anybody
2: who fuck with mine, whom will they realize I've said mine? You gotta get yours,
5: I gotta get mine, you gotta get yours, I gotta get mine, you gotta get yours, I gotta get mine, you gotta get yours. I gotta
2: get mine, you gotta get yours, I gotta get mine, you gotta get yours, I gotta get mine, you gotta get yours, I gotta get
5: mine, you gotta get yours. Yours.
0: Get, yours. Uh. Yeah, nigga. Get, yours. get yours. That was the right version, right there. I played the remix at first. I ain't never knew that was a remix, but yeah, this was the one. Taste to consider podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver. You can catch me on Instagram at Taste to consider podcast. Greatest. Greatest.i.am.blog Catch me on Twitter Habitual Online Stepper I'm everywhere man Shit Spotify Google Play Apple Podcasts Stitcher Subscribe Download Shit I'm out